right, before I get to my next guest, Ted Purdy, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Positive Vibes Golf. Check them out online at PositiveVibesGolf.com and give them a follow on Twitter at PVibesGolf. Their head covers and putter covers are a very unique way to keep your mind focused on positive thoughts. And, and uh, you know, they're a great training aid for on the course as well because it helps focus your mind back on positive things. It gives you positive images. It reminds you to enjoy today, right? What, what better way to enjoy the day than out on a golf course with your buddies or your friends or your family as well? So check them out online again, PositiveVibesGolf.com at PVibesGolf on Twitter. I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret that pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus 4 technology is designed with four additional layers, which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play Plus 4 and release the secret pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet, the winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence, grip golf pride. And this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at Two Under. I want to remind you about our friends over at Two Under, men's performance briefs, the unofficial underwear of the PGA Tour. Worn by PGA Tour players like Ricky Fowler, David Toms, Jerry Kelly, William McGirt, Jason Kokrak, and Matt Everett, to name just a few. Your buddies are going to think you're a stud if they're even seeing you in your underwear, which is another story. And your girlfriend and her wife is going to love the side effects, a visibly enhanced profile. The Joey Pouch technology provides the ultimate male asset management. It separates a man's most valuable assets from bodily contact to reduce unwanted skin-on-skin contact providing less chafing, more control, and an altogether more luxurious feel. Start every round two under by wearing the coolest performance briefs on the market. Use code ONTHET20 to save 20% off your order at twounder.com. And that's the number two, UNDR.com. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Ted Purdy. Let me remind you about Ted's background. He's from Phoenix, Arizona, played his college golf at the University of Arizona where he was a four-time All-Pac-10 selection and a three-time NCAA All-District selection, and he was a third-team All-American in 1995. He, along with Jason Gord, Jim Furyk, and their other teammates, won the 1992 NCAA National Championship. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, he was a University of Arizona Academic Champion Award winner three years in a row from 1992 to 1994. In 95, Ted finished runner-up at the NCAA uh, National Championship, finished one stroke back of Auburn's Chip Spratlin. Ted was one of the top, has one of the top low 18-hole aggregates in Arizona history with his six under par 65 at the NCAA Western Regional and a low 54-hole to- total aggregate of 13 under par at the Ping Arizona Intercollegiate Tournament, which he won back in 1996. He beat Tiger Woods by six strokes at the 1996 Arizona Ping Invitational. He's played in more competitive rounds than anybody in the University of Arizona history. He was inducted into the Wildcat Hall of Fame back in 2005, turned pro in 96. In 97, he won the Asian Masters Championship and was named Rookie of the Year on the Asia PGA Tour. He's won once so far on the Web.com Tour at the 2003 First Tee Arkansas Classic and once on the PGA Tour at the 2005 Byron Nelson, uh, Byron Nelson Classic, and I'm very excited. He is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Ted, thanks for coming back on the show. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. So, Ted, catch us me? up. What's been going on with you? Yeah, absolutely. Catch us up with what's going on with you this year. 
Well, I just, uh, you know, I, I kind of joined the show as Andy was saying, what a great guy I am. But uh, I just want to say uh, Chris O'Connell and Andy Trainer at uh, Plain Troop Golf, they are top-notch guys themselves. So um, I thank Andy for the uh, compliment, but it goes both ways. They are They are class people for sure. So talk about um, that. We'll talk about the work that you're doing, putting in uh, with working with those guys. Well, so I was, uh, you know, there's uh, no secret anyway for the people around me that uh, I've been struggling with my golf game. And I was standing on the uh, driving range at the Wyndham Championship. And I kept, my ball kept hitting the left screen at the uh, driving range because I was hitting these nasty hooks and um, my good friend, Matt Kutcher came over to me and he said, Purdy, come here. And he goes, here's Chris's phone number, call him. So um, obviously Chris knew, you know, historically I was a very good ball striker. I, I hit, uh, you know, uh, one of the top in total driving where I hit it straight and long and I, um, I think the final round at the Byron Nelson that I won, I hit all 18 greens on Sunday. Um, so I was a very consistent ball striker, but my game had gotten off and I couldn't figure out how it or why it had gotten off. And, um, Kutcher gave me Chris O'Connell's card and to give him a call. And I called Chris from the driving range and Chris says, well, send me a, a video of, uh, of, you know, what, what you're doing. And, uh, I had my caddy take a video. We emailed it to him or, you know, I texted it to him and then he responded instantly. And he, um, you know, he gave me a, a tip. He said, when you get it to the top of the backswing, throw the club head with your right hand as hard as you can throw it and see where the ball goes. And I, I get it to the top and I just said, you know, I'm just going to do what Chris says because I'm lost. I don't know. I'm going to lose my card anyway. The last tournament, I'm not, there's, unless I win, I'm not getting into the FedEx Cup. And, uh, and the first swing, the ball went dead straight. And I was like, well, this is still, and it felt really great. It felt natural. It felt amazing. And, um, I ended up missing the cut that week. And Friday night, I called my wife and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to Long Island to see Chris O'Connell at Friarhead. That's where he coaches during the summer. And, and I want to spend that weekend with Chris. And my wife said, yeah, for sure. Go. I mean, you're a miserable wreck. And ever since that, that time last, uh, I haven't had any opportunities to uh, show it off, but, um, that was about two years ago. My swing is, has never been better. Um, I'm playing a lot more and, uh, I'm loving the game again. And it's all because of, uh, Andy trainer and Chris O'Connell. So, um, anyway, that's what's, uh, that's what's happening there with, uh, Chris and Andy. So I'm just waiting for that. No, go ahead. Yeah. So that's, that's the question, right? That's, when are we going to get the opportunity to see, you know, how well your game has progressed? I was, I was hoping you were going to be in the Barbasol championship this week, but um, when is the next opportunity we might see you out there? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, historically, or last year I got in uh, without any problems. Um, this year, because they, they shuffled the schedule, they moved the majors, they moved the PGA to a different date, um, the, the veteran members have had fewer opportunities to play this year. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm not in the uh, Barbersall this weekend. Um, and, there, you know, there are a lot of great veteran players that, that aren't playing um, just because I think of the schedule change this year. But the, they, they, they're moving all the majors into, um, you know, a, basically a two-month two month period. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's unfortunately for an older player like myself. I'm 46 years old. Um when they took tour school away from us, it really limited the opportunity for the older player to keep playing on the PGA tour because it's, you know, the, the web.com is very, or the, whatever the new name of the tour is, the old web.com tour. It's very expensive to travel. It's very expensive to play. The financial rewards aren't there to pay the bills. And when you're an older player with kids and a mortgage and, um, you know, college tuition coming up and that type of thing. It's hard for the older player to play that, that tour to get back on, on the PGA tour, um, because of our financial commitments at home. Um, the average age on the PGA tour has gone down. I think it's a stat that's well publicized, went from 35 years old and now it's closer to 28, which is a huge, um, percentage decline in the age of guys on the PGA tour and you know the argument is well the younger players are better um and my argument is you know Matt Kuchers is winning out there and uh we've had several 40 plus year olds do amazing on the PGA tour this year my argument is that it's the the financial structure of the tour now with that when you took tour school away from from us from the ability to to get back on the PGA Tour through a one-week period to a full-year period, um, it really kind of knocked the older player financially out of the uh, picture, um, especially people that have kids and, and want to see their kids. Um, so, so at 46 years old, is the focus now to keep your game as sharp as as you can and you know look ahead to – the Champions Tour, or is that too far of a gap to to be at, at this point? You still got four years to go. Well, no. The, I mean, obviously, the goal is I'm still playing golf every day. I'm still working with Chris and, and Andy Trainer, um, Chris O'Connell. The goal is still to play on the PGA Tour. It's just when I get the opportunity, I'd be very ready. Um, because I'm a past champion, a uh, veteran member of the tour, I'll get an opportunity eventually. Um, just not sure when that'll be. I thought for sure it'd be the Barbersall, um, this week, but I'm, uh, 10th alternate and it doesn't look like I'm going to get in. Um, but yeah, I mean, the goal is to stay sharp and be ready. And, uh, fortunately, the, the, uh, the veteran members of the PGA Tour were smart and they built, you know, and we've got a great board with Charles Schwab on our board. Um, the people that came in front of me really thought this, uh, our profession out and they created a pension system for the, the PGA tour players, um, which is amazing. 
uh, I think we have the best pension in sports. Um, the FedEx Cup money that we earn uh, goes into our pension. Um, so fortunately, I, when I turned 45, my and I wasn't playing full time on the PGA Tour, my pension kicked in, and it enabled me to uh, support my family and uh, keep doing keep you know the pursuit alive as a professional golfer. But that that's all from the foresight of the of the smart people and, you know, the Tim Finchens and the, the, uh, smart directors that we had on the PGA tour to create a system that enabled the older player to, and that, you know, in, in a 50, I've got the opportunity to make, uh, or compete again on the PGA or PGA champions tour. Um, you know, I'm just in the, uh, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I, I, I tell everybody I'm living the dream. I, uh, I'm a professional golfer and, and fortunately, professional golfers kind of take care of them, of each other, and um, they've created an amazing system for for us to compete. Now, I I I, I complain about the fact that we can't get back on Q school because it'd be nice to go, you know, give it all I all I've got. One week, I finish in the top 25. I'm back on the PGA Tour. Um, and when they took that away from us, that they kind of knocked the older player. Well, knock the incentives for the older player to keep keep uh, chasing the 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 web.com or the former web.com tour. Um, but no, I'm the luckiest guy in the world for sure. Ted, I I, I, I enjoyed I, I enjoyed seeing a picture of you out on social media with Alice Cooper earlier this year. What was it like uh, chatting with Alice Cooper? Well, Alice and I have known each other for a lot of years. Well, as everybody knows, he's an avid golfer. And he grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, and I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. And Alice is tied into every golfer in town. Um, so uh, anybody that plays golf in Phoenix, Arizona, has played golf with Alice Cooper. He's just a great. He's an amazing guy. He's an amazing Christian. He's got an amazing foundation um, that we all support. Uh, the Solid Rock Foundation. Um, uh, he's, he's saving the kids, the, the, the kids that are in need in Arizona. Um, uh, Alice Cooper's really, uh, really doing his part to get, make them, uh, giving them a place to go, giving them support, counseling, teaching them how to play the guitar. Um, when Alice is in town, he's regularly at his facility in Solid Rock Foundation, um, yeah, Alice Cooper is a special human being, and uh, we're lucky to have him, and lucky to have him as a part of our community in Phoenix. Ted, with it being Open Championship Week, you got to play in a couple Open Championships back in 05 and 06 at St. Andrews and Royal Liverpool. Talk about what it's like. What's the experience like being a part of an Open Championship, particularly at the home of golf and at St. Andrews? Well, again, I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world at in 2005, my uh, corporate sponsor is Herb Kohler, the Kohler Plumbing Company, and um, I'm, I'm playing the John Deere, and Herb Kohler calls me and he says, "Ted, I've got, I'm going to come pick you up in Moline, Illinois, from Kohler, Wisconsin, and I'm going to take you to the British Open at St. Andrews in 2005." Um, and it just had turned out that six months earlier, he had bought 
the old course hotel, the Kohler company and, and Herb had bought the old course hotel and totally renovated it and got it ready for the open. And, uh, my sponsor has me, my family, my, my father on a, a G550 that Herb owns. And, uh, I hit my last putt of the John Deere Classic. We got in the car. We went to the airport. Herb was standing at the top of the staircase waving at us. We got up, um, we all went to bed. And when I woke up, I was in, uh, in St. Andrews, uh, at the old course hotel. Um, so that, that alone was an amazing experience, uh, being a part of Herb Kohler and his old course hotel. Um, but yeah, playing in 2005, it was Jack Nicholas's last British Open. It was, you know, when every picture that you see where he's standing on the, on the bridge on 18, waving, that was, that was the year. Well, in, in London and, you know, the, or in Britain that year, they said, well, we're going to make a five pound note with Jack's picture on it. So all the players could buy as many five pound notes as they wanted when we checked in, how many five pound notes you want. Well, Jack was around all the time and he was signing everybody's five pound notes. And then when we went to the memorial the following year, um, everybody had Jack sign their five pound note. So, I mean, we've got, I've got a, a framed five pound note signed by Jack Nicholas and I've got my medallion from the 2005 British Open in a frame and it's one of my cherished items it's uh it's pretty spectacular i didn't play i made so, the cut that year and i finished about 70th but so the, my golf was stinky but i've got that memorabilia that that uh, was pretty special talk about it, the preparation so it sounds like you had almost no preparation for that event you're on a plane the next thing you know you're there the next thing you know you're, you're starting off on the in the open championship with were you prepared for the tournament? What was it like trying just to get ready to play in an event like that? Oh, it, it's no different than any other tournament. I mean, we, we fly in um, every event on the PGA Tour. We fly in Sunday night. We 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 get done with the event. So the guys that finished uh, at the John Deere uh, Sunday night, two nights ago, or three nights ago, they had a chartered plane from the John Deere to the British Open. Well, there's, you know, 50 players that are playing in the John Deere that are going to play the British Open. Well, we land, you know, Monday morning, we get in our hotel, we kind of decompress. Some of the guys might go to the golf course on Monday. Um, but in a, uh, it's, it's no different from any other player where on Tuesday we, we do our practice round. Wednesday we have a practice round. Uh, we work with our sports psychologists. We work with our coaches. We work with, you know, our trainers. We do, uh, everybody's got their, their routine. And then you play the golf tournament. But a major is, you know, it's, it's a bigger event. It's more, uh, obviously prestigious. There's more energy. There's more people. There's more, but it, I don't think any, most players just have their routine no matter what the event is. Um, I know, a lot of players like to go to the, you know, golf course if it's a major, especially Tiger and Phil and the, and the, the guys that 
have won lots of majors. They might go a month ahead of time and they might spend a week there and get their, you know, agronomists out there and the, their laser pointers out and whatever. But, um, but for the average guy is, you know, we, we finish Sunday night from the John Deere. We get on a, a charter that the PGA Tour, the John Deere and the British Open set up for us. Um, and then they fly us to the next event and it, we start all over again. And then there'll, there'll be a charter Sunday night from the British Open back to the Canadian Open. So the guys that finish uh, late Sunday night will get on the plane, British Open, and then, uh, you know, get ready to compete for Thursday in the Canadian Open. So that's, uh, that's kind of the routine we have. And it, you know, it's a bigger event, but, um, it's pretty much the same routine. That with every event. Is it a different mindset when you're over there? Because now it's Lynx golf course, right? I mean, this is Lynx style play. So it's not exactly the same as, you know, sort of the air game that we play here in the States. Do you have to switch your mind frame and your strategy around, or is it not as big a deal to, to go play that kind of a Lynx style golf course as uh, someone like me might think it is? No, I, I agree with you. I think it's a totally different game. Um, you have to be a little more creative around the greens. You have to. So the the second uh, British Open I played was uh, at Royal Liverpool, and that golf course was interesting because they had these uh, pot bunkers in the basically in the fairway. They had them all over the golf course, but it forced the golfers to pretty much hit. It didn't, you know, if you had to hit it a hundred and you had to hit it two hundred and sixty yards. To that spot in the fairway. If you tried to challenge it, you'd end up in a hole and you'd have to chip out or, or you'd be in heather. And so everybody in 2006 had to, had to be in the same spot in the fairway. Well, that meant driver didn't matter. You know, it's whatever you hit 260 yards in a certain spot in that fairway. Well, Tiger was in the same spot in the fairway that I was. Chris DeMarco was in the same spot in the fairway that I was. Ernie Els, Sergio, everybody was in the same spot in the fairway. Well, Tiger wins that week and it had nothing to do with his driver. Um, and that's kind of my, I say that a lot when I give clinics and things is, is, is everybody thinks that, and Tiger was, in my opinion, the longest player on tour. Bubba Watson will say he's the longest player on tour, but at the 2006 British Open, he beat us, beat us all from the same place in the fairway. So it had nothing to do with his driver. Um, and it had to do with his ability to hit a second shot on the green and to make the putt and to manage his way around the course. And, um, and link style golf, there's, there's a, definitely a lot more thinking involved. Uh, maybe not at St. Andrews where you just pound it left, you know, you just every hole you pound it left and, and you'll be able to play the hole. But, um, but most of the link style courses, if you, you really kind of, it's, it's more like chess than it is, um, uh, you know, hit it high and let it fly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely different. The other thing is that the greens are slower. So they, because of the wind, they, the, the, the greens at the, um, at the masters are, are running 12, 13 on the step meter. They just, you tap them and they just go, go, go. Well, when you have greens that fast with wind, um, they have to call the rounds because the wind will literally blow the ball off the green if there's no friction on the green. 
So in link style golf, the greens are, are running more like eight or nine on the stent meter. Well, a guy from the States who just came from the John Deere or just came from um, another tournament on the PGA Tour where the greens are absolutely perfect, running like glass, beautiful. They get, they come to the British Open and now you're, the greens running eight. Well, you know, you, you have to adjust your, your, how hard you hit the ball and, and your natural instinct is to, you see downhiller and you hit it soft and you end up leaving it way short. So yeah, there is a lot of adjustment that, that comes into playing a link style British Open course for sure. Talk about weather and in, in, in 2005 and 2006, did you have to deal with the high winds and the, and the rain and sometimes the sideways? rain that we uh, get so accustomed to seeing during an open championship? Well, um, I, you know, guys growing up in Phoenix, Arizona, I'm not used to wind or clouds for that matter. And when <laughs> I showed up to the <laughs> British Open, um, I was expecting, you know, I brought all the my, my rain gear, I brought all my gear, and we're staying at the Old Course Hotel, and it turns out the weather is 80 degrees and sunny every day. <laughs> wow. And they had no, wow. they had no AC. They had no AC in the, in the old course hotel because it's never like that. And, um, um, we were actually hot and sweaty in the hotel room, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> the 2005 was a really freak year. So, uh, in 2006, we got some wind, we got some rain and, um, we were back to normal in 2006, but, um, my St. Andrews, uh, experience was, was like, it was like heaven. I mean, I literally thought I was in heaven when I was in Herb Kohler's hotel at St. Andrews watching Jack Nicholas wave it up. I mean, it, it couldn't have got better. Ted, just a couple more before I let you go. And, you know, first of all, you know, we, you've mentioned Tiger Woods a couple of times. You're a guy who stared down Tiger a couple of times in your college career, beat him by six strokes at the 96 Arizona Ping Invitational. What was it like, uh, you know, a sort of week in and week out competing against Tiger and, and getting the best of him once or twice? Well, uh, I got Tiger once or twice. He got me every other time. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. <laughs> he is... He is, in my opinion, the greatest golfer on the planet, maybe the greatest golfer ever to live. Um, so Noda Begay, we're all the same age. Uh, Noda and I, Noda Begay won four times on the PGA Tour. He's never beaten Tiger in a tournament. In college or in junior golf or in, on the PGA Tour, when Tiger was in the field and Noda was in the field, Tiger always beat him. So that's a stat I'm sure Noda doesn't want shared with everybody. But he lives. <laughs> and, and Noda won four times on the PGA Tour. Luckily, Tiger was in the field when I won the Byron Nelson. So I took him down on the PGA Tour, too. So that's, I've always got that on Noda. <laughs> and I remind him of that. <laughs> that's great. But Tiger is just a ph- phenomenal player. He's just... Uh, and a great guy. Um, he obviously had his troubles in the media, uh, but he he does have guys on the tour that love him and support him, and and he's made all of us a ton of money. Um, 
and we are completely and utterly grateful for for everything that Tiger's done for the game of golf, for the guys on the PGA Tour, and um, he's just an amazing, amazing guy, amazing golfer. So before I let you go, Ted, I got to get your thoughts on the Open Championship this week. Who do you like? Who do you think's at top of the leaderboard uh, come uh, come Sunday afternoon? Well, I got to go with my man Kucher because uh, Chris O'Connell and and Andy Trainer and uh, the plain truth, we got to get Kucher a, a major, and I think he's ready. He's number one in the FedEx Cup, I believe, and um, he's having yep. an amazing year, and it's good to. Be, Let's get the old guy, the old guy to the to the finish line. Ted, let our listeners know how they can stay up to date and follow you, whether it's uh, checking out your website tedperdy.com or giving you a follow on social media as well. Well, I've got a, a Twitter account, uh, Ted Purdy. Um, Instagram is Purdy Ted. Um, you know, hopefully they see me soon back on the PGA tour. Well, Ted. Thank you so much for being generous with your time and, and coming back and be a part of the show again tonight. Always enjoyable listening to your stories and your insights, and uh, I sure hope you'll come back and join me again real soon. Well, anytime you invite me, I'll be back. Ted, take Thanks care, my friend. Me. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Thank you. That's Ted Purdy, P-U-R-D-Y, at Ted Purdy. You can find him on Twitter, at Purdy Ted on Instagram. And uh, again, a guy who stared down Tiger a handful of times in college and obviously got him once on the PGA Tour as well. And then uh, some really great stories. I'm hoping everything that he's doing with uh, Chris O'Connell and Andy Trainer has gotten him not only back just uh, feeling good about his golf game, but uh, hopefully he gets to show it off here real soon before he has to wait four years to get out back on the Champions Tour, but uh, hopefully gets an opportunity on the PGA Tour again real soon. All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. I want to send out my sincere thank you to Chris Sheehan, Andy Trainer, and Ted Purdy for joining me tonight. Please check out our website, nextonthetea.net. There you'll be able to keep track of our guest schedule, so you'll be able to see who we've got coming on the show. Please also check us out. We're available on a newer, newer website, launchpaddm.com. So you can go on there and you... uh and listen to, you know, I think we've got about 110 of our uh, over 300 episodes available for you on there. Click the subscribe button. We'd really appreciate uh, you doing that. You can also stream us on a number of other great sites, places like Podbean, who we can't thank enough for always being really good to us. Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm. We're all over the net. So if you've got a favorite uh, podcasting site or a podcasting app that you uh Click on on your uh, on your mobile phone. You'll find us on there as well. Please also check out uh, the page on uh, Facebook, uh, Next on the T with Chris Mascaro. Share your feedback with me there. I'd really appreciate it. Folks, I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show tonight. We know you got a lot of great golf podcasts and content out there available to you. We certainly appreciate the fact that you are making us a part of it. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends. Join us the same time every Tuesday.